Hey, it's Richie, and before we begin another episode of the show, we want to tell you about our friends at DraftKings, of course. Basketball season is not going to be around forever. The stretch to the playoffs is on, and DraftKings is the leader in one-day fantasy sports. DraftKings is giving new players a free shot and millions of dollars in prizes. Claim your free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes when you use that hash or that promo code THPN during sign-up. If you download the DraftKings app and you use code THPN during sign-up, this week DraftKings is putting you in the action with a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes. That's P- promo code THPN and you get a free shot at millions of dollars. Baseball season is also going on. Hockey season, of course, going on, as you know, as the push to the playoffs begins in both basketball and in hockey. So, DraftKings, DraftKings.com, the app, promo code THPN. I'm Corey Crenshaw. I'm Richie Suave Flores. And this is Sporty with Corey and Richie Suave. On the Hockey Podcast Network. Welcome back in Sporty Nation. Um, I am currently staring at a picture of Connor Garland's little cute little doggy here. And um, I think it may have just made my night to talk about that. Plus, probably hopefully hopefully not cat-related stuff since he is a cat guy. My wonderful and amazing <laughs> co-host, Richie Suave Flores. How you doing? Hello, Corey. Where did you find this picture of Connor Garland's puppy? Because... I, I haven't seen it. Uh, that the coyotes tweeted out apparently. Wait, they did. It just happened to be on my Twitter feed. I just sent it to you. Ooh. And it's his name is Bubba, the cute little guy. I haven't gotten it yet. I'll get. It. I'm sure I'll get it in a second. But this is the content we need. Is more Connor. Oh look, yeah, there it is. Cute little puppy. He's adorable. That is adorable. That is super cute. How did I miss this today? We need to tell Kinkoff that this is this is the type of um, of content that I've been looking for. Absolutely. And look, if you open the if you open the story on the Coyote's website, it's even cuter. <gasps> he's moving. Look at the little nugget. He's so fluffy. He's so small and he's so fluffy. <gasps> Laying next to a ball. Super cute. This is what we this is what we we live for here in the Sporty Nation. We'll tweet this we'll tweet this link out on the on the Sporty website here. On the Twitter. (laughs) Yeah, this is this is this is great. Um we you know, Kat I think talks to Kinkoff a, a fair amount. We need to have it relay over that this is the content I need more of. <laughs> I agree. I just tweeted it out from the Sporty account. Um, and so you can go take a look at it at Corey underscore Richie Show if you haven't already. I could watch this video of that of, of him picking up that little, little fluffy little guy all day. So cute. Gosh. We need more, we need more dogs in life, you know? After Scotty, or Scotty, or, uh, after Richie and I were uh, talking about all the different hits and, and kind of before the show and everything and about, you know, more kind of negative stuff, I feel like this is is what makes the world go around. Cute little puppies. 
cute little puppies on the internet and uh, and Taylor Swift music. That's those are the two things that rule the world. Yeah, I mean, it, it takes some balls to re-put out a um, an album and just be like, you know, like fuck you, I don't care if you bought my music, I'm just gonna re-record it, put it out, and then still have it be like a chart topper all these years later. Because why was it 2008 when that album came out? So it's it's kind of crazy. 2008. 2009 was my first year of high school so it brings back some really cringy memories i'm just gonna say like there's there's some like you know it's it's a variety of different things between like an audition i did for something um some guy issues some like there's a bunch of random shit in there that like it brings it all back um and and it feels a little weird like uh the only one that like i kind of remember fondly is um you belong with me um was my ringtone not because like there was it was for anyone i just really liked the song um and it went off in my earth sciences class and um it everyone in my class stopped what they were doing to sing the song (laughs) I remember you telling that story before. That's great. So that is I, that was the only like that one. That one was nice. That was a fun memory. Um, but the rest of them, I feel like a lot of early high school is cringy for everyone. So anything that brings back those type of memories is rough. Yeah, and that's like the crazy thing about all the reaction to the album coming out on Friday is I was reading a lot of people do that same thing who were who grew up on Taylor Swift's music. Whereas opposed to, I really didn't, you know, I obviously like, I knew about her, her big hits and I've heard all those songs before, but like, I wasn't her demographic. I wasn't the people she was trying to sell records to, right? It was mostly teenage girls for the most part, right? And so I wasn't around, I wasn't into her music at that point in time. So I had to live vicariously through others on reading on Twitter, uh, them like reminiscing and over the course of, 13 years on like the, the difference between you know them listening to fearless now as opposed to when they did it in 2008 and it's still chopping like topping the charts and here's a little stat for you Corey. i tweeted this out i believe on on saturday um which is that taylor swift's name appears in 26 spots on the daily spotify chart of the most streamed songs in the u.s for friday april 9th the day Fearless Taylor's version came out. 25 of those 26 take up space inside the top 50, giving her control over half of the upper quarter of the 200-song list. Who else would be able to do that with an album that came out 13 years ago except for Taylor Swift? That's incredible. That's some Michael Jackson-level shit. It is. That's actually a great comparison. Yeah. That's what... and. Literally, Michael Jackson, maybe the Beatles. I feel like that's, like, kind of the only people I can think of. I mean, maybe if Beyonce was to do, like, that far down the road type of a thing. But it just truly shows that, like, if she wants to take over the world, she probably could. Like, this is some Dr. Evil, like, taking over the world type stuff. Because that is insane. 
Yeah, and it was like it was just like this buildup over the course of a couple weeks of of her with it like again with an album that has been out for 13 years, so it's nothing really new outside of the vault songs that we got too. But in the week leading up to it, like she was releasing teasers, like that you had to basically solve a brain teaser to to figure out the name of the vault songs that Swifties figured out in the span of literally less than 15 minutes. And I tried ass creatures. Yeah, I tried to I tried to help in that was not a big help at all. Uh, I got called out for it on Instagram, which was really funny. Um, And then and then later in the day, like leading up to the release of the album, she like leaked pieces of a couple different songs to different parts of the Internet. Like there were a couple TikTokers that she released a couple songs to. She had a Snapchat filter of her own. She had a another leak of the song 15 from a a Taylor Swift fan account on Twitter. Like it's just genius. Like she is a literal genius. Marketing genius. I mean, I think it comes down because didn't we hear in that podcast that was about it, that her dad was talking about the fan experience before she was even big. Yeah, exactly. And that's, yeah. And you're talking about the, the ringer podcast It's called every single album, Taylor Swift terrific i know we've talked about it before and yeah and they dive into a lot more of this stuff than what we're talking about now but it was there like her prowess as a businesswoman was there from the time she was 15 16 17 18 years old and between her debut album and then on fearless like it's it was all there and now it's paying off as she runs completely rules the world can you imagine the people that it's it's about though like you know like obviously everyone's been bringing up the fact that joe jonas and stuff like that but those are some like real things from like the past that are literally like coming back to light i can only imagine how that feels to be brought back into that spotlight again after all this time you know now now you're married to the the queen of the north and then you're like you just had a kid and you're just you know it's it's got to be a little bit weird for all of all of those involved in that, you know, even her friend Abigail, all of that. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And uh, both of us were sharing memes to each other earlier this week that um, it's going to get cr- even crazier coming up from this, some of the other albums that are coming out soon because we're going to get re-records of some of the songs that are taking down uh, Jake Gyllenhaal and uh, and others and it's like oh boy it's gonna be it's gonna be very entertaining speaking of uh like little like flashback moments um when i was talking about the fact that my my ringtone went off and it was uh you belong with me so this is this is going to feel super old but so that was on a, a flip phone that i had do you remember recording uh, ringtones on your phone because you couldn't just put a ringtone on your phone. You had to like record it and then make that the ringtone. Did you ever do that? No, I didn't do that. Because oh, I was, no. yeah, I was one of the people that really didn't give two shits about my ringtone. I barely, I barely even had a phone in high school. Like I never used it. Like my friends still make fun of me to this day. They're like, Richie, we, you weren't invited to anything because we can never get a hold of you. Because like, it's true like i i really didn't pay attention to my phone in high school like at all which is the good thing about being the age i am is that like i was on the back end of of 
the cell phone boom when I was in high school. Like I was a freshman in high school in 2005, which was like right before the iPhone came out iPhone came out, I believe, in 20, or 2007, 2007. So, like, I was before that. Cell phones were 2007? around. Who says 2007? <laughs> Apparently, I do. Because <laughs> I'm so used to saying, like, 2020, 2018, 2015. And then no, I just. Right. It just caught me so off guard. I didn't know how to react. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I, I was halfway to, to trying to say the year, and then I was just like, all in. I was like, oh crap, I need to save myself from fucking up the year here. So I was like, oh, I'll just say it this way. No, it makes total sense. I completely, I would have done the same thing, but um, it, it just, it caught me off guard. I didn't know what to do with that. That My reaction was so like natural because I was so caught off guard by you saying that. I'm so sorry I brought it to light. I just was so freaked out. No, it's, that's totally, that's totally fine. I, uh, I'm, I, so I gotta keep you on your toes, Corey, on this show. Yeah, apparently. And now, you know, I, I already feel, I don't know if I feel young talking about the fact that I would record on my flip phone music because like you were saying that you didn't even really have a phone or if I feel old because I feel like that was like a, you know, back in our day type of thing that I had just said. I do recall at some point putting a ringtone on my phone and i believe it was a three doors down song shocker i don't remember which one it was i think it was let me go i think it was that song i think that's what it was because that was the album that had come out at the time but i do not remember recording ringtones (laughs) i do remember having to buy them though like they were like 99 cents or something yeah, that was, like, later, though. Like, most people would use, like, their voice recorder to record a ringtone. I remember, like, literally taking my phone and putting it up against, like, the radio speaker in, like, a car or on an actual, like, you know, speakers on an actual radio and, like, recording it. That's actually – that – okay, so we did not have a sporty question prior to recording but i think that's a great one and i'll put it out right now which was what was your favorite ringtone during high school or something like that yeah we put that out there and i'm and i'm going to ask people did you record um your ringtones on your flip phone, on your voice recorder, because I, I got to know this answer. I can't be the only person who's done this. Sporty Nation, if you're listening to this right now and you did it, please let me know so I don't feel so alone, because I, I, I can't be the only person that did that. That has to be a, like a generational thing. Oh, I'm not saying you're crazy or weird for doing it. I'm just I'm just saying I was very anti-phone when I was in high school. So I... I had my my first cell phone was like a Boost Mobile phone, so that should tell you right there. Let me run it back to Boost Mobile. Uh-huh. I was back in the days of, well, my parents first had Cellular One, which then got bought mm-hmm. out by Altel, which then got bought out by Verizon. So my parents had such an old plan that they were like, <laughs> "What in the holy fuck do you guys have?" <laughs> and I was like. 
I was not. I was around during the Altel days. Mine. I did have an Altel phone. When you remember, you had to have your uh, your circle of friends. Mm-hmm. And, and that yes, was, you had limited minutes and you had limited text messages. But for those circle of friends, you had unlimited. So those were for sure your peeps. Like fuck the whole top top six or top eight or whatever the fuck. Uh, MySpace. Yeah. MySpace. The the real thing was whether that person was in your top circle. And then, too, the problem was then your parents knew who you were really talking to. So if someone popped up into your circle, they're like, oh, who's this person with so-and-so name? And you're just like, nobody? <laughs> Why are they in your circle? That's funny. That's a good... That's hilarious. We've got... We've already just... Oh, we're already all over the place on this episode. For goodness sake, we talked about Taylor we Swift. We usually do this rambling at the end. We just did it at the beginning. We time. did it at the beginning this time. Yeah, exactly. So I put out the question on, on the Twitter about what was your high, high school ringtone. Corey's was Taylor Swift. Mine was Three Doors Down. I, again, don't remember the exact song that it was, but shocker. So you can go and reply to that. And to, like, cap off the Taylor Swift thing real quick, at some point, I do want to do... Similar to what they did on the Ringer podcast for Taylor Swift, and they did a, a song draft. I would like you and I to do the same thing. That's going to be a lot of, of thought process for me. Like I'm going to have to really think about all these things. Um, I mean, probably like if I was to go off the top of my head, and wait, I was don't asleep. do it now. Don't do it now. No, we're we're going to do it at some well, point. I would just gonna say my number one. Oh well, that would be giving away the that would be giving away the game. See, you can't give up your big board. Oh, oh shit! I didn't realize. Yeah, I, I already have a big board. Okay, I've been ever since they they did this on their last episode. I've been planning ahead and I've been putting together my big board of like my top thirty songs. Oh, bitch! Yeah, this is, this like, is serious. This is serious. Wait, so is is this going to go down when when you make me my alcoholic? Whatever it is, my alcoholic shake, shake. It could, yeah. We just could have like a full blown like uh, draft. I can, we can, we can drink and draft. Uh huh. Yeah, that'd be a great, great idea. Cat's gonna be out on it. Um, she can just be a, a mediator between you and I, I guess, because she doesn't like Taylor Swift. So she can direct the draft. Okay, how about this? She can be the Commissioner Goodell, so we can we can give her the uh, cards of the songs we are drafting, and she can announce the picks. And in honor of her, we'll, we'll come up with a separate one. That, um, then, um, wh- how about this? And then her and I will draft some all-time low songs. <laughs> we can make it. Yeah. We can make it nice and uh, and even here, you know. We can get our uh, punk rock in here. Uh, you know, it's not too far for me. I'm already figuring out a um, a either a We the Kings or an Angels and Airwaves song to walk down the aisle to because I'm not traditional at all. <laughs> so. Then, you know, why don't we do a Taylor Swift on one side and an all-time low on the other? Because why not? That's a great idea. And you and Kat can have all the fun in the world there. I only know two all-time low songs. 
One is Monsters, which came out super recently. And they also have uh, like a brand new song that they just came out with that is also really good that I like. Um, although I feel like it's not... Um, I feel like their most recent song, it's called Once in a Lifetime, um, isn't very punkish, which is why I like it. It's more like mainstream alternative type music, which is why I like it. So I would put those two songs in there and that's it. <laughs> well, that's... That'd be my contribution. That's beautiful. I mean, if I if I was to do actually like another one outside of Taylor Swift, it would probably be a Blink-182 one. Mm. I, could, I, I could get down into the weeds in both of those. So yeah. if, you ever, if people ever wanted to see the deep, dark depths of like my mind and music, it would probably be Taylor Swift music and um, in Blink-182. That would be the deep, dark depths. If it was Richie's, it would be three doors down, no question. Oh, yeah. Easily. He's, he's deep down in there. I'd say, yeah, I'd say three doors down and probably after that, Andy Grammer, I would say. I could see that. Those are those would be like those would probably be my top two. Um, yeah. So the way that the draft would work, and this is the way they did it on the Ringer podcast, is the two of them drafted ten songs apiece. So it's not like we're drafting the entire catalog. That would take way too long. Although that would be real ridiculous. Um, ten songs apiece, and that's it. Ten songs apiece. Mm-hmm. Okay. Because, like, I think it would be fun to do because between you and I, because you and I have different, ex- such different experiences listening to Taylor's music, kind of like what we talked about earlier, that you've been listening to her since you were in high school, whereas I've only recently gone back and listened to a lot of her older music. Like, I only discovered Taylor 1989 and onwards. So I, I wonder how that's going to affect our two draft boards. And so I think that's perfect. So in this draft board, is it literally like we, so we can't like have the same songs? Cannot have the same songs. If somebody takes a song, it's off the board. Oh, bitch. If you take my number one song, I'm going to lose it. I doubt it though. I feel like you wouldn't choose mine. I I don't know. I don't know. That's why I want you to keep it a secret. We'll keep our draft board secret. (laughs) I, I, I will keep it a secret. I will. I won't share it. But, uh, it's probably better that you will be boozing me up before we do this because i may get aggressive (laughs) take the shit i want fighting words fighting words funny if you go listen to the ringer podcast where they did this like there was some contention between the two of them because they started to take songs that they knew the other person liked and it was really funny yeah well they've they've publicly said that they don't like a song that uh i quite liked so, you know what? I don't trust what they say anyway. <laughs> that's that's funny. <laughs> All right, let's move on to some some Coyotes conversation here. Happy trade deadline day, everybody, as you're listening to this on the Monday of the trade deadline. We're not going to spend too much time on it because by the time you're listening to this, it's probably already passed. And we'll, if the Coyotes do make any moves, we'll talk about it on the Thursday episode of the show. So stay tuned for that. Already a crazy amount of movement, though, on this on the Sunday in the NHL. The Bruins making some crazy trades with Taylor Hall. We've seen the uh, Toronto Maple Leafs make a couple of trades, one for uh, for David Riddick, the goalie, um, and then for um, for uh, they made a deal with the Blue Jackets as well. So, um, but let's begin, Corey, with the big the big debate of the day regarding to regarding the Coyotes 
um, is a couple of different hits. It got a little nasty on Sunday afternoon, and there was a Ryan Reeves hit on Jordan Gross that we want to talk about, and there was also a Connor Garland hit late in the game that we want to talk about too. And let's start with the Ryan Reeves hit on Jordan Gross, and I put my reaction out on Twitter at the time, so you guys have seen it by now, but... Corey, you and I kind of talked a little bit about it before the show, but we didn't dive too deep into it because you wanted to save it for the show itself. So what was your thoughts on the Ryan Reeves hit on Jordan Gross, which was not penalized? So the, the my first initial reaction was to be irritated by it by in the fact that, like, Ryan Reeves is very well known for this. It's not, it's not anything new. And, and it, so I was more annoyed in the fact that of like, here we go again. And then as, as watching it some more, it was, you know, very apparent in the fact that he is quite larger in size. He is kind of a dying breed, honestly. Um, his, his kind of more position is really kind of dying in the realm of hockey. And so um, there's not many, many of his size and style of play really left. Um, And the Coyotes for sure, absolutely positively don't have the size to match up against him. And which is one of the problems with this team is the fact that they are all quite a bit smaller, but um, I, I, I agree with you in the regard that there was a difference in size and that it made this look dirtier than it was. I do have an issue though with how lazy he is when it comes to the fact that he will often just throw an arm. I, as it was slowed down, you could see in the picture that you put on Twitter um, that he did lead with his, his shoulder but it's and that it just happened to be like kind of like where it hits with his height wise but I just feel like if you are that big and you and it's not like he doesn't do this all the time he needs to be more aware of where he's throwing these hits because you can seriously injure people and he doesn't really ever care he gets very lazy about these hits he knows he can just kind of throw people around super easy and doesn't really think about the fact that he could seriously injure people in which gross now has a knee injury and a concussion. So there was, you know, actual damage that was done after this hit. So was it egregious? No, but was it irresponsible? Yes. I think that's kind of how I would categorize it too. Um, I, I, I basically said it wasn't dirty. It was just unfortunate. And I think that's the way, the kind of way, in a way, you described it with two different adjectives, basically. But the closest example we have regarding Ryan Reeves is back right before, during the restart in the bubble, um, he threw an elbow at Nick Schmaltz, and Nick Schmaltz was out for the entire rest of the playoffs because he took an elbow and got a concussion. And he didn't get penalized there, did not get suspended. And I kind of compared the two hits. And they're very, to me, the hit on Schmaltz was dirty. He went elbow first. The elbow clearly came out first, and that was the first thing to make contact with the head. And that's, in my opinion, dirty. When you're throwing, moving your elbow out, 
that's when things get dirty. And you compare it to the hit on Gross, where I thought for the most part, and you can see it in the screenshot I put out on my Twitter account, rflores 91 and you can also see it in the video too, for the most part, and you kind of referred to it, that elbow is tucked into his body the entire time. So when he's going for the hit, he's trying to do it with his shoulder first, as opposed to flying his elbow open. The elbow only comes up kind of after he finishes the check. So in my opinion, it wasn't it wasn't an intentionally dirty play. Now, if you go and you look at that same, at the hit on Gross 2, um, and Craig Morgan pointed this out, I didn't realize it at the time, but they also go knee-to-knee too. And I don't think Ryan Reeves put out his knee to go knee-to-knee Dustin Brown style. I don't think that happened. But I, I, I And Matt and Tyson pointed this out at the time. They both agreed that it was not a dirty play. And... And we know that, for the most part, Matt and Tyson are homers, okay? every I think everybody knows that. For the most part, they're the first people to go out and defend the Coyotes anytime something like this happens. But they both agreed that it wasn't a dirty play, and I thought they were good. They were right in pointing out the height difference. And I think that's the biggest difference there is that Ryan Reeves is just – he's a bigger dude than Jordan Gross is. It's about a three- to four-inch difference – and that's kind of what we saw there is that hit happened because Jordan Gross is just a smaller player. Granted, does that excuse Ryan Reeves for uh, – does that excuse any player for hitting a shorter player in the head? No, it doesn't. But no. it, just, it just gives, you know, a Department of Player Safety an extra layer to it that says, listen, could Ryan Reeves have done anything differently? And I don't know if, if, if he really could have, you know, in my opinion. So, unfortunate hit. Not dirty to me, um, not suspension worthy. However, I do wish they would have thrown a penalty out there for him. Um, I don't know what they would have called. If they would have called interference, if they would have called um, a hit to the head for head contact because his shoulder did make contact with the head. I don't know if they would have done that, but I don't think it warrants a suspension or a fine or anything like that. See, the, but see, here's the thing that. Um... But I, I just don't feel so it, there wasn't anything that came out of it. There wasn't any penalty or anything like, and I don't necessarily think he should be like suspended for it or fined for it or anything. But like, I, I do think there should have been a penalty on it because of the fact that I do think it's highly irresponsible because of the fact that re it technically was what he was doing a, like a good hit technically. Yes. But should he have known better? Yes, as well. It's highly irresponsible, and it was definitely something that could that could and did cause injury. And that's the thing is he's clearly aware of that. He's clearly aware of his own size. He's he knows where he's headed. He's looking at his head the whole time. He knows where he is headed and knows what he's doing. Just drops him to the ground and skates away like it's nothing. And he. he has this mentality of, well, since I'm so much bigger, I can just do this skate away and it's not a big deal. And I, he has to be aware of, of what he's doing. It's, it kind of reminds me of like, you know, when someone's driving a really big truck on the road and they think they can do whatever the fuck they want because they're in a big ass truck, just because you are bigger doesn't mean that you aren't responsible for your own space and your own actions. And I, I do think that there should be something here. There, there should have been something, whether it was a penalty or, um, you know, them at least 
having a look at this and having talked to him about it, like, and it, again, it comes also back to the fact that Ryan Reeves is very habitual in this. It's not like he isn't a safety risk almost all the time. And he is very not liked in the NHL for that reason. And so you have to really also look at this in that regard as well. As much as I say it was technically not a bad hit, it was a very irresponsible hit and one that I would like to have been not brushed off like it was. Yeah, I think that's the perfect analogy. I haven't seen that anywhere else on 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 Twitter because people get riled up on Twitter and they're very defensive. But I think your analogy of the the truck on the highway is perfect because it's true. It's no different than a stick when you have your stick on the ice, right? Where you need to be aware of where your stick is at all times. And anytime that stick comes up and nicks somebody in the face, doesn't matter if it was intentional or not, that's still a penalty. And I think that's kind of what you were hinting at here with Ryan 100%, 100%. Reeves. 100%. Is that like you need to know who you're playing against and what you're doing, and you need to change. Even though hockey's a quick sport, obviously, yeah, sure. It's hard to 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 do things that way and process things that quickly, but he, he does need to know who he's trying to hit and try and change how he hits instead of just going at it full full blown 100% like he's going up against Tom, you know, a, a much bigger player like is it Dan O'Char or somebody like that. Yeah, it, and it just you change your style of play for all different aspects of the game and you you know you don't go into every single check the exact same way and you you're meaning to do different things each time. And so the fact that, yes, it's a quick sport quick sport, and you have to make quick decisions, but there was just so much lead up into that. Like, how do you not see where your shoulder's going? He totally knew what he was doing. He just essentially did not care. And that's, I think, the part that bothers me more than the hit itself. It's his lack of awareness of where he's throwing his body around. And the fact that he really does not give a fuck because he's bigger and why does it matter to him? That's what bothers me more than the the hit itself. And there was also a second hit later on in the game regarding Connor Garland. And, at, you know, at th- this was very late in the game, under a minute to go, and the Coyotes were down one nothing, And they were trying to get back in the game. And... Connor Garland throws a a hip check at a Vegas Golden Knights player who I I don't recall at the top of my head who it was that he that he threw it on, and he got called for clipping on the play. And this ignited a little scrum at the end of the game. Tempers flaring, obviously. What did you make of of the hit that Connor Garland threw, which? It's just wild to me that Connor Garland's the one that's throwing those checks and not one of your bigger players. Mine is why. Like, just why? Why was that necessary? I don't understand why he did it, uh, other than maybe, like, the fact of a certain point of frustration or, you know, trying a team that's not a very physical team trying to be more physical. I mean, Connor Garland is kind of one of the only players on the Coyotes who's able to 
really become very physical and um, be able to get under team skin and do play that kind of part. Um, and so maybe that was what he was attempting here. I just felt it was it was the best way of doing it. I don't know if it was also like uh, a laziness thing. He was just trying to s- stop him from advancing towards puck, but the puck was already behind him at that point. I'm not. I why, I just my biggest question on this one's why. In in, to, in my opinion, it, it was it, like you said, it was just unnecessary to do it. I don't know what he was trying to do there. Um, with the puck up against the boards like that. And it's a dangerous play, in my opinion, to do that, to, to tabletop somebody like that. Because Connor Garland dips his, his back down, basically. And this was Mark Stone, by the way, which is who's Ve- one of Vegas's best players and their captain. Um, and Connor Garland makes contact with Mark Stone's knees first. And that's dangerous. That is very dangerous. And so I don't, I don't blame Vegas for being pissed about this. In my opinion, I think I could make an argument that what Connor Garland did was more unnecessary and more of a dirty play than what Ryan Reeves did, in my opinion. And it, this led to a conversation after the game about this. And I wasn't able to find the audio of this. I wanted to find the audio so we could play it for you, but I believe – it may have come on a post-game interview with the Vegas Golden Knights radio affiliate. So I don't have the audio of it, but this is from Ryan, who is the radio host for the Golden Knights, does their pre- and post-game show there. And he quoted Jonathan Marchessault as saying this. He said, quote, I just don't like the way Connor Garland is playing. He's underrated dirty. Now, that is going a little too far, in my opinion. Connor Garland is not a dirty player. Yeah, I I think this was an unfortunate circumstance where he either just was desperate or made a bad decision. I don't consider him to be dirty by any means. I think he honestly has been trying to get under people's skin, but I think I think you should watch what the fuck you're saying when you have Ryan Reeves on your team. If you really want to like be uh, acting like someone's a really dirty player i i wouldn't be you know it's like pot calling the kettle black type of thing you know you, you don't really want to be treading on those waters when you have someone like reeves on your team who genuinely is a pretty dirty player so one circumstance doesn't necessarily mean that he's a dirty player all across the board um he does try to be a little bit um annoying but, you know, it's not like he's out there licking people's faces. So um, I think that's that's a bit of a stretch. Yeah, and I, Connor Garland isn't one to really take a lot of penalties. He's the one getting the abuse. So in a way, like, I understand why he's pretty pissed because he's the one getting in the dirty areas and taking the abuse most of the time. So he's going to fight back once in a while. Um, I just hope it's not like hits like this anymore. I hope it's a one-time thing from Connor Garland, what we saw. But he's, yeah, I don't know what in the world Jonathan Marchessault is doing. Like, that's whatever. Like, I know the Coyotes weren't after the game calling the hit on on Jordan Gross dirty or calling out um, 
Ryan Reeves for being a dirty player after the game, you know? So it just plays into it that the Golden Knights and Coyotes rivalry, you know, it's just seemingly getting nastier and nastier as the, as the time goes on. Yeah. I just, I, I don't know. It, it, it's one of those things that maybe, you know, he was saying it in the heat of the moment after the game, maybe he was just saying like, you know, cause he was a little bit pissed off about the situation. And so he's just saying in the heat of the moment, like, Oh yeah, he's, a dirty player because of what just happened. Um, if if it's in that sense, I can understand that. Everyone in the heat of the moment after something like that happens, you can get get pissy and whatnot. But to just be claiming that he's he's a dirty player and trying to make that that claim altogether, it's like get the fuck over yourself, really. Like you you really want to go down this path? I don't know. It's just like suck it the fuck up. You know, it's, you didn't get injured. Everything's okay. It's, it was a one instance. Do we agree with it? No. Should it have been done? Was it kind of pointless? Yes. But it's not a, a, a cycle of abuse that comes from Garland. And like you said, most of the time, he's the one who gets abused. And it's not something that we're just saying. It's not just something that, uh, the team is saying it, it's it's kind of a consensus amongst most people around the NHL. So I don't really understand why, I don't know, why you would say that outside of like a heat of anger. And if he genuinely believes that, like, I, I would check, I, I would check your opinions on that one because it's not correct. Yeah, I 100% agree with you. On that one, and now we're getting close to wrapping up the show here, but uh, let's look ahead to what the Coyotes have coming up. Now, they have another game against the Colorado Avalanche coming up tonight on on Monday night, 6 o'clock tonight. They're playing the Colorado Avalanche again in Colorado. We believe Ivan Prosvitov is going to start for the Coyotes, the rookie goaltender, as Aiden Hill has played in 10 consecutive games for the Coyotes. So be on the lookout for that. That would be what a tough, tough way to start your career if Ivan Prosvitov is indeed getting the start against the Avalanche. That's that's a tough task to play that team for your first start. How wait? How many how many goals did uh, Vegas score in the first period in that in that first game? Yeah, they scored four. They scored four in the first period, I believe, and five unanswered. We may say it again. Wouldn't surprise me. Not, I, I'm not to be that person, but just to be really realistic about this, that's a that's like throwing someone into the fire and then pouring gasoline on the fire. It's not that. That is not the the best way you want to be thrown into things. And if, and if that is the situation, it would be very un- unfortunate for him. And I hate the word unfortunate because I always feel like everyone doesn't really mean it. Oh, that's unfortunate. But no, I really genuinely mean that is very unfortunate for him. Like, that's, that sucks because that is just setting someone up for failure. And I don't ever like to see anyone set up for failure. And, and we like to be very pro-Coyotes on the podcast, but we're also very realistic about it and it's it's not a game that we've been looking forward to. It's more of a game 
that we have been celebrating as the last time that the Coyotes will play them. But I guess the alternate theory, though, is if they think they're going to lose the game anyways, wouldn't it make sense to have him play so there's it gives Hill a break and there's lesser of a chance of him getting injured in a game they already think they're going to lose? That's actually a good point. See, now that's thinking smart there. That's that's like galaxy brain, Corey, right there in a good way. Thank you. It's like it, my evil genius comes out sometimes. Yeah, this is like your Dr. Evil plot. It is my evil plot. It's the same thing as like, you know, a lot of times uh, teams tank for like, uh, you know, so that way they can get like a top pick. Can't. By the way, the Coyotes can never do that. They will never get a top above fifth, probably, in the lottery ever, just because they're the Coyotes. But um, for most of the time, like teams will do that, um, and it's pretty obvious. I feel like this would, would be a very quiet, no one would really know, but hey, we already plan on losing this game anyways, and we already have two injured goaltenders. Let's not injure anybody else. Yeah, it's a, that's an interesting prospect you pose there because here's what's coming up. What did you just drop drop something there? Are you okay? What the heck happened? <laughs> that was a pen somehow in the process of my evil plan. I was throwing, I was talking with my hands, um, which I I do very often. Um, you guys can't see it because obviously it's a it's a podcast. But it, that was actually one of my biggest problems doing broadcasting in college, and in my life that I still do broadcasting in is I, I talk with my hands. So, um, and I had a pen in my hand. So, um, in the process of getting very animated about my evil plan, I threw the pen. So, um, no, no pens were injured in the making of this podcast. Yeah. I was going to let it go there for a second, but I was like, you know, I, I need to make sure that like, there wasn't something catastrophic that happened there. Like you dump some, like a drink on your laptop or anything like that. But Good to know. No, luck, luckily not, which it would be very characteristic of me. Um, I I got churroholic for the first time today since the incident where uh, I I hit my brakes and I made you throw a, a churro in a car. So you know, it's not it's not weird for me to have had some catastrophic failure over here. <laughs> that's I'm glad you're fine. So that's good to know. That's how we're gonna wrap up the show here. Before we do that, quickly, again, let's look ahead to what the Coyotes have coming up. Colorado, Minnesota galore, everybody. Colorado on Monday, Minnesota or Wednesday. Then St. Louis on Saturday at home. The last time they're going to play the St. Louis Blues, their main contender for that final spot in the playoffs. 19th and 21st at home against Minnesota, too. So that's what's coming up. As you look at the standings, the Coyotes with three straight losses and the Blues with three straight wins. It is the Blues at 44 points who are in the driver's seat right now. The Coyotes in fifth place, one point back. However, the Blues, again, do have one game in hand. So that game coming up against the St. Louis Blues on the 17th is going to be massive. That's going to be a four-point game for this team. And that's a and game that they're going to need to win. The Coyotes will be due for a win, and St. Louis will be due for a loss. That's true. Got to gotta get the hype somewhere here. And, yep. and it is true. Eventually, you you can't keep up the streak for too long. You eventually have to lose, and you eventually have to win. 
So, and there's a one time that one of the teams at St. Louis absolutely hates to play as the Coyotes because they always seem to get under their skin. So everyone think very positive thoughts going into that game as it will be a big one. And it is one that the Coyotes have a potential to win. So that's coming up here very, very shortly around the corner. Of course, on the 17th, we're less than a week away from that game. Going to be a big one. Any last words before we say goodbye, Corey? I'm I'm good. I think I've said all of my weird shit this episode I possibly can, so I'm not ending you guys with anything else strange. <laughs> That's good to know. Uh, one last one last bit here. You put out the, the the vote on Twitter. Did you record via your voice recorder, your ringtones on your flip phone? Uh, 64% yes, 27% say you're old, and 9% say no. Uh, we got a reply from uh, Jordan Nash Bolden who says this brought back a core memory shout out to the days when hitting the internet button on your flip phone was a death sentence. Think about that 99 cent charge. So that's, that's, that's how we will leave you for this episode. Sporty nation. Follow us on Twitter at Corey underscore Richie show. Follow the show on Instagram at Corey Richie show. Follow Corey at Corey Nicole with two E's. Follow me at rflores91. Follow the network at HockeyPodNet. DraftKings promo code THPN. We will talk to you again on Thursday post-trade deadline, everybody. Let's see what the Coyotes do. Until then, good night and good hockey, everybody.